Did you change it on purpose? Yeah. No, okay. Started with that. Hey, everyone, you're listening to Beyond the Stretch, a fire service podcast with Cousin Vinny and Uncle Mike. So, Uncle Mike, you said something about your, your preacher actually bringing up something in church that you thought really hit home and, and brought this uh, kind of thing together. Yeah, so for the last couple of weeks, he's been doing a series, a pretty strong message, I thought, that I wanted to share because it, it meant something to me. And I think it relates to definitely the fire service and as you move yourself along in your career and through the ranks. And the story he pretty much has been telling over the last few few weeks has been about the sentinels that guard the tomb of the unknown soldier. So since the around the 40s, I'm not going to get into specifics. I'm just going to go ahead and ad-lib this whole thing and kind of give the cliff note version. If you don't know it, you fake it. Yep. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, the sentinels guard the tomb. And they have a changing of the guard every half hour or hour, depending on the season of the year. This goes on with an audience, without the audience, changing of the decades, changing of the times, good weather, bad weather, you know, all that is irrelevant. It continues on and on. Yeah, these guys are just badasses. When the current sentinel is relieved, he looks at the person relieving him and he says to them, post and orders remain the same. The second one replies and says orders acknowledged and they do their their ceremony and they switch and they keep it on they keep going so it made me think i was like how often do we have a changing of the guard in the fire service you know with officers new people shift change shift change posts and orders have always remained the same and the orders just don't always get acknowledged and I don't know if it's because of the times, people have gotten a little bit lazier, uh, a little more comfortable, because we are probably in the most comfortable living situations known to man. You know, there's no Great Depression. We've definitely gotten a little lazy and probably a little carried away in our times. But for what we do in the fire service, like, the orders have not changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely feeling that. Yeah, those Sentinels, man, that's a... Those guys are talking about just being dedicated and believing in the mission, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, hard to get selected. It's going back to our first episode, right? When we talked about our journey and finding ourselves into the fire service, it was hard to get selected. You had to kind of be one of those sentinels, totally motivated, totally dedicated, showing up uh, in the parking lot with your suit and tie on before 8 in the morning when the city hall opened, like your story was told. And dang, I mean... It is kind of deep how how that works, and it, that really, yeah, shift change is probably the easiest because the transitions just happens. But, yeah, administrations change, officers change, new, new guys get promoted, people leave, people transi- uh, transfer in and out of different companies. But the, but the mission's the same regardless of the personalities, regardless of, like, agendas and, and things. That analogy, I like it. Well, yeah, and then – with posts and orders remaining the same, that goes along with now, you know, we talked about the horse, the gun, and the cowboy, which was essentially prioritizing and executing the day-to-day grind that we show up for at the fire service. We have to make sure the rigs are ready to go and the equipment's good, and then we have to make sure that we're taking care of the cowboys, making sure we're, we're – if if we're training, that we're giving them good quality training – you know, we're, we're mutually invested when it comes to, you know, training outside of agencies or outside your house. 
We're also, you know, we're, we're invested in the fact that officers are, are making sure that their guys are taken care of and they have the things that they need and that administration is making sure the officers have the, the tools necessary to keep their men productive and happy, as happy as possible, and continuing to love the job that we do. Mm-hmm. So it, it hasn't changed, but I think people might slip away from time to time. As much as I would love to compare myself to the Sentinel, I'm dedicated, but I don't know if I'm that dedicated. That's that's a tough one. Yeah, that's pretty deep. Those guys are definitely a very symbolic position. I mean, all the people, I've never been to Arlington National Cemetery ever, but you know, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers and the things that they protect and that they guard every moment of the of the day, just their their service is so important for the for us, you know, for, as an American, I think. But I mean, definitely talking about just hitting mutually invested a little bit. It was kind of off the top of my head. I mean, you don't think those guys are pretty mutually invested in one another? Like the guy relieving the other person and and being there, there's there's no days off for these guys, you know? Like, No, 100%. There's not. And, you know, when, when they're on break, they're actually spending time up to eight, eight to ten hours just prepping their uniform for their next shift. So their downtime is preparing for the next tour. See, so that kind of goes hand to hand with a little bit of making sure your stuff's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like they spend hours of preparation, haircuts, making sure their uniform is pressed, cleaned, you know, the pleats where they need to be, all everything is exactly how they need their guns polished. And they're just walking back and forth and they're guarding a tomb. And it just it hits deep because that's that's such a that's such a noble, selfless act. Yeah, for sure. So what do you think about the commander's intent on that? I mean, those guys know the mission. They know what's going on. They're definitely into everything that's going on, especially with the Jocko's four principles of leadership. I mean, there's probably definitely decentralized command happening. There's there is no there's cover and move. You know, they come in and uh, there's some type of organized exchange of uh, shifts with them. And I'm sure that they're, they communicate very well. There's not a, there's probably not a moment that goes by whoever's not the commanding officer of them that that everything is very streamlined, simple, mm-hmm. and just to the point. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's very true because you have to have teamwork. You have to keep things simple in order to keep it flowing. Prioritize and execute the things that need to be accomplished, and then you know, lastly, that decentralized command is having expectations and the ability to perform those. I highly doubt that a elite unit like that needs to be micromanaged. No, no. I mean, you yeah. know, they've been given their marching orders and they carry it out flawlessly over the years, regardless of, like you said, the weather. If you're not feeling it today, you know, I showed up, I wasn't dialed in for the day. No, they 100%, they come into work and they do their job because posting orders remain the same for them. They're constantly evaluated. Joe Blow, I want to go see Arlington Cemetery and the guard that's uh, on duty, like I'm evaluating that person and either how awestruck I am and how cool like that position is and how dedicated that, that person is when when it's when there's inches of snow falling or they're in sideways rain like it's a, like in Forrest Gump. Got that fat rind. No. You know? I mean, they're just... Looks like it was coming from below us. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's they're all there. Like weather, rain and shine, they're there. They don't quit. It's like the fire service, man. We 
I mean, they say the postal service, you know, will deliver in. They get holidays off, man. I think I, I've had a couple of hurricanes come through and I don't think I got my Amazon package on time, but no, I mean, we're rain and shine. We're there. We're, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how we feel. We're, we're showing up like these sentinels and that's, that's pretty cool. I think. I, I, yeah, it is cool. It's, it's a weird dynamic to think about. It's weird to think that there's people out there that are like-minded just like that. Mm-hmm. And they might not be hitting the mark, but they're trying to. But then you have others that they still don't. They just want to show up, collect the paycheck, get that T-shirt, get that experience for their next move. It, it can really suck the life out of you. It can really like drain you. To have those people, and those are the ones that will, will bitch and moan right? And, and bring forth that negativity. I highly doubt that these Sentinels bitch a lot around the kitchen table and sit there and eat donuts, get fat, and talk about, you know, how they could do it better. Right. They just get there and they do it. Those recliner warriors, brother. Uh, yeah. I mean, and talk about, I don't know what the selection process is for something like that with that unit, but... Uh, I bet they all wanted to be be there. They all they all seeked that position. I mean, maybe there's some type of recruitment in the United States Army that they do that. But I mean, I think that these are definitely guys that that they sign their name on a dotted line, like just like you and I did in, in the 2000s when we were searching for these fire jobs. For sure, something that we wanted, uh, we weren't necessarily recruited. So, man, it's just that's a really cool way. I guess that how you brought that message you heard uh, to what our first four episodes was. Pretty neat. Well, I, I I thought it really, it made me reflect on all of it. And it's one thing I think is important is that, that self-reflection, looking in the mirror and just seeing, you know, how, how can I improve? How can we improve? Because again, going back to some of Jocko's principles, it doesn't matter how good you think you are. If other people aren't getting your message, it's not them, it's you. We're doing this because we believe in something. We believe in something that's bigger than us. And I think that's what drives the fire service is that belief that you're a part of something that's bigger than you and you're going to make a change, make a difference. If you don't have the ability to check your ego and, and look deep and just reevaluate and have that hot wash, have that conversation, that hard conversation with yourself or some colleagues and just have that time to reflect to see, okay, we literally tried four episodes of a podcast. We listened to them, we edited them, and we we put ourselves out there in probably some one of the most like vulnerable states that people can put themselves out to. You know, this is open to anyone and everyone to listen to. Mm-hmm. And not everybody and everyone will listen to it. And those that do might not care about it, might not enjoy it, might not get our intent. Right. But yeah, and we've been constantly kind of going back and forth and seeing what we can do to improve, how we can wrap things up, how we can segment between topic to topic, and and really just try to bring forth and, and have these beyond the fire ground conversations that deal with stuff that I personally think, and obviously you, because you agreed to do this with me, is... Um, oh, I thought you were, were going to pay me. Uh, it's in bourbon. It's right, oh, it's right in front of you, buddy. Oh, well, I'm going to have to renegotiate. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's, you, you have to be able to do that because we want to be better. We want to do better. That's the constant strive for us to, to progress. And right. that's, that's kind of why I thought a hot wash in, in a recap would be a good way to, 
to make a next episode. Yeah. I guess a couple things from that, um, you know, obviously seeking out feedback, it's, it's kind of cool. I, I had a friend of mine that, that listened and he said, yeah, man, uh, number three, the horse, the gun and cowboy man, I just, I wasn't feeling it. And he told me why. And I'm just like, man, it's kind of cool to hear. Like, cause of course, like your mom's like, Oh, it's just so nice. You're doing a good job. You're like, Oh, okay. But and I'm over here hard crying in the mirror going, we just need to pack it all up. I wonder if I can return this stuff. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's cool to hear that, but you're right. There's a lot of people out there, whether you follow certain individuals on on Facebook or uh, social media that are out there with the fire service. But I think putting yourself out there, like you have to be, you have to kind of live up to your word. These guys go out there and whoever's listening to us, they talk to talk, right? It's like, oh, we better be able to walk to walk. Like, I think that's kind of the craziest thing we're talking about being vulnerable. Like we tell stories or we, uh, we say our beliefs, but people can call us out if it's bullshit, you know? And that's just like the craziest thing moving forward is that you're like, oh man, like, I hope I didn't say anything that I really haven't done or moved away from, but you just got to be real and a hundred percent. I think that's really one of the kind of the craziest things about this, but, and let, can I tell a secret to, to everyone? Secret time. Obviously when you approached us or me about doing this, you, you had a name for this called the hot wash. And if we wouldn't have to go through some patents and some trademarks and stuff, uh, we had to go look other, otherwise or go with that name. I think that was cool. Like the whole, the mindset of uh, that was obviously something you felt was was how you wanted to kind of you you that's what your vision of this podcast was going to be about you know hot washing and just you know talking through and and discussing things that we've we felt we've ever learned from and, and and messages that we felt like are important to pass on so but it's pretty cool like to hear the feedback from some of our your you trust some people that are just like straight out like hey have you you listened to it and they've and they've they've engaged us and been like hey this was really good or Hey man, episode three sucked. Well, it's, it's why you always ask, and I I think it's important to get that feedback and and have that constructive criticism. I guess to say would be, tell me how we can improve. What would make your experience better? Doesn't mean we're going to do that. Doesn't mean that we're going to cave to one person's you know opinion, but it's going to give us something to reflect on, give us something to work towards because. You have to have that, I think, as a professional or as a hobbyist, something to drive for. So, you know, I want to do better. If mm-hmm. you don't tell me what I'm doing anything better, I'm going to continue to suck at what I'm doing. Right. So might as well, let's correct this when we can. And everyone's been very positive, very uh, – even if there's bad news, <laughs> we didn't do very good. <laughs> but that's what it's all about. We're still recording, so yeah, they haven't beaten us down too bad. What, is, uh, what has it been your favorite episode of the four? Um, all of them because they're all a journey and none of them are failures because we've learned something from each one and hopefully they, they all continue just like everything else in life. You know, don't let them be, recommend beat us down because out of four episodes, I think we've actually recorded like nine oh, and yeah. we had to scrap quite a few because of your doorbell going off things, and, the dog, yeah, you know. dog barking and, and just, I felt like the message was just not, we kind of talked in circles. I guess you don't know what, what the people really want to listen to, but I didn't want to just be here. Like, there's just two bozos bantering. About nonsense, but... Yeah. But in reality, the two bozos were really like, this is making so much sense to us in the moment, but mm-hmm. afterwards you're like, nah. Yeah. But I think it's good. And I, th- I think, too, and hopefully what comes out of this is it gives people the, the ability to maybe try something for themselves. Be like, hey, if these two guys went out there and they put themselves in a position of vulnerability and they were completely on the stage naked, showing it and trying to, you know, make a difference. 
and that gives the next person the courage to try something themselves. Well, I think that's the cusp of leadership right there. Like that's the, that's the holdback. That's the withdrawal is so much of our job is, is putting yourself out there, whether you're the junior guy, whether you're the senior man in the firehouse, whether you're a newly promoted officer, whether you're a newly promoted battalion chief, whether you're the new chief of the department, because everyone's got a boss. Like there's influence from above. Even if you think you're the top dog and you're the big dog and get to eat, like, First, there's someone that's holding you accountable. So you can go in and you're and say that this is what I'm going to do, but man, that budget might be a little bit tight this year, or they can get a new mayor and they ain't feeling it. There's a lot of stuff. And I think that that whole putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and being the guy that, that raises their hand in, in a room full of your peers and go, man, I just don't feel like this is good. Or what Jocko talks about a lot with, you know, the leadership thing. I listened to his one episode about, uh, General uh, Josh Chamberlain, the 20th Maine, and talked about how he tried to basically balk back at an order that Ulysses S. Grant, who just became the freaking supreme commander of the Army of the Potomac, and he just sent this note back when he heard this, basically like this order he was supposed to get. But that's part of leadership is being, knowing when you, <laughs> sometimes you got to jump off the cliff. Maybe you land, maybe you land in a soft pool. Maybe you don't land in the soft pool and you hit the hard, hard concrete. But that's the thing is being vulnerable and putting your out. And all of you guys listening, there's going to be some point in your life, in your career, or just in life in general, where you're going to have to put yourself out there, be vulnerable. I think that's good advice because you can't, you have to take the shot. Oh yeah. You have to take the shot. But I think no matter what it's, if you're someone who's dedicated, you believe in yourself and you, you believe in the people around you in the fire service, that you're, you're going to take risks. Those risks are going to put you out there. Again, you might land on your feet. You might fall flat on your face. But each each risk you take is, is a lesson. As long as you go with that and you remember that post and orders remain the same. You might try something new, but the post and orders remain the same. And the order should be acknowledged that you're going to carry on and you're going to keep the mission going. That's right. Okay. If you have anything that you guys want to send to us, obviously you can reach us at email at beyond the stretch podcast at gmail.com. We also have beyond the stretch Facebook page. So if you want to hit us and DM us with some uh, content questions or whatever, we would uh, definitely be happy to respond back to you until next episode. This is uh, cousin Vinny. Uncle Mike. We'll see you soon.